Spria trying to get around Nuhu. Still Tyrone Spria. We play on tons of time if Obazi taps it in. It's all legal, and it's 2-1 Portland. Jeremy Ibobasi late. Over to Blanco. Biafania overlapping Blanco. He thought about taking it himself. Now he chips it in, looking for Ibobasi. Oh, it's headed in. If it came off Ibobasi or a New York defender, the Timbers have gotten one back. It's 2-1. Timbers. Woohoo. I'm Jason. And I'm Gary. And we're the uh, Portland Timbers. We talk a little bit about soccer beer and anything else that comes to mind yeah we got a bunch of good stuff for the uh, kids today yeah, yeah definitely how you feeling Very buddy definitely. i'm a little rough a little rough yeah i can't kind of, don't know exactly why but i'm feeling off yeah i don't know if i'm i'm fighting a 24-hour virus or what the deal was but last night felt like crap well, it could have been uh, something from Zwickle. There were a lot of people we were rubbing up against. Yeah, there did. There was a lot going on down there, so so uh, could very definitely be that. Well, we'll talk a little bit about the Portland Timbers' uh, wins versus the Red Bulls and Seattle. A little bit about this new right back. In theory, we may see. Yeah. Um, talk about the stadium and some happenings with the stadium potentially. And then we've got some good stuff coming at you about Zwicklemania 2019. Very good stuff. So I tried to stay on the Twitter machine and Untapped and Instagram to keep everybody updated of what we were doing and where we were at. Saw some shout-outs and uh, likes and all that good stuff. So if you're one of those, thank you. And uh, we will reward everyone with some great, I'm talking great interviews. Great interviews. Yep. Yeah. Especially the very last one of us sitting at Backwoods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bringing you guys' tears. <laughs> no, just listening to Tim. Oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about skiing and the potential to actually go skiing tomorrow, but I'm not so sure how that's going to work. Yeah, that, that, could be a, uh, that could be a no-go. Yeah, I want to go, but uh, feeling a little bit rough. Yeah, when the body says no, you got to listen. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so the Timbers played Seattle and uh, came off with a 2-1 win. I know you watched it. Yeah. So what were your thoughts? Is there anything you could take away from a preseason game in which your guys play about 60 minutes? Yeah. Um, I think we're, st <laughs> we're still a little shaky in that back line. Um, and the sad thing is we're shaky with guys that – have the experience, and they should know better. Um, and the goal that, that Seattle scored, the guy was totally unmarked. Nobody paying attention to him. He comes out of nowhere. So, Yeah, it's interesting. The right-back position is a position of issue. Yeah. Um, Zarek got absolutely lit up by Wingo um, and, like, blown past about a half dozen times. Yeah. And and Zarek's a solid defender, but he's not fast. He has he has no quickness that way. Right. And so they're going to have to do something by bringing in what we'll talk about in a second. Someone that's a little bit quicker paced, or someone that's a little bit stronger that can make the contact to slow somebody down. Yeah. So and then the center back pairing was interesting because Larius was in there, but he was in there with not um, the new guy Claude. 
Yeah, that was that was interesting. He was in there with Tulumon, right? Yeah, yeah, it was Tulum. And then Tulum. Chara wasn't in there either. He played with in the second half, right? With everybody. Yeah, and I think they did that to try and keep some experience on the field with some of the newer guys in in both halves of it. Mm-hmm. So uh, and just see how those pairings worked out. Yeah. So I, I'm not so sure how much we can get out of it. Even Valerian Blanco playing, we're playing it like. 70, 80%. They weren't running very hard for balls. Right. Which is kind of what you want to see. Yeah. Um, don't go balls out at this point. Yeah, then, you, you, you got to save yourselves. No injuries. But you still want to get a really good look at, at what that team shape is going to look like when you do start the season. So. And then it must be noted, no Ladero for the Shittle and no uh, Rudy Diaz either for them. So... However, Seattle did field all their youngsters, of which we had to hear about over and, and over, over and over. over. Yeah. So, yeah. but they started a 15-year-old up against Diego Valeri, who hacked the shit out of Diego Valeri. Big time. Like, multiple times. So, it was his World Cup playing up against Valeri. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then, yeah, their team that, the PDL team that they're bringing up to be the USL team. It'll be actually kind of an interesting story to watch how that uh, works out. And are they able to set records for points? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and then uh, what did we have? Yesterday I got home and feeling a little bit zwickled. Yeah. And watching Red Bull, the final half of the Red Bulls, Timbers game. And Ebo puts another header away. Uh, Valeri gets another penalty shot uh, from a foul Cibadru in the box. Yep. And so we go 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. And New York's actually in well better fought. form. So New York's actually moving quickly because they're going to Con- CONCACAF, right. to Champions League. So they've got to be they got to be ready, ready to go. Yep. So, yeah, 2-2. Two, two. Again, we didn't look too bad. Um, I'm not too concerned about how we look right now. What I am concerned about is this new right-back guy they want to bring in, Jorge Morea from uh, River Plot down in Argentina. Yeah. Um, so they want to bring this kid in. and He's not a kid. He's 29. But he's had no chance to play with this back line. Yeah, zero right. chance. So it'll be interesting so. to see what that does. Do we know anything about Jorge? Um, I don't know. No, River Plot. So, I believe he was injured for a little while last year. Yeah, so injury picked up in 2017, didn't return until August of 2018 from what I see, and came back and played several games, got a groovy haircut uh, from Paraguay. Um, he's got a couple caps with Paraguay, but, I mean, that being said, there's really nothing, nothing out there. I watched yeah. a couple... Little clip reels, as they call them, the sizzle reel on YouTube. I mean, he's got some great crosses from as a as a back, right? Um, and some great crosses from right about the half line. Okay, where he's making the crosses a little bit earlier versus that I get all the way up to the end line and then I'm crossing it. Right. So, so I like that because he can do both, but he. Definitely, if he has that skill set to send it early, he has that. So we got a quicker attack situation then. Right. So, and that plays well with that counter. Right. So, but yeah, so that's the kid. We'll see if we get him signed. 
They said seven to ten days. That was like ten days ago. <laughs> um, maybe Sheba's got a break or something. Yeah, who knows? Nah, who knows? So, uh, but that said, we'll uh, sign this guy, and and then we're still waiting on the DP uh, center, the number ten that we want. So I don't know. We'll have to see what's going on on that side. And then the new news that broke is that Portland State finally got booted and will be holding no more games at Providence Park. None, huh? Zippo. Bye-bye, PSU. Huh. Heading out to Hillsboro permanently or indefinitely. Right. And so the big talk on the twi- me, Twitter or Twitter machine is, are we getting grass? Ah, that's a good question. Because the big thing was the football players would tear up the grass. Yeah, they'd just shred it. Right. So now the discussion is, does that mean we're getting grass? And then we can get the U.S. men's team and all this other stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sold that grass is necessarily the option. I mean, there's a bunch of shit going on underneath that field. Oh, yeah. So, um, so I don't necessarily know that that's the right thing. I think grass would be hard to take care of on that that exact area just because of the stuff you brought up i mean there's you got a creek bed going out underneath that you've got natural springs you've got yeah drainage is an issue we know and everything's doable and fixable but i'd rather they invest the money in other stuff at the stadium right now right and let it just ride out with some field turf plus i'm pretty sure they've got some good sponsorship stuff going on from field turf allowing them a good deal right well yeah and they've they've got from my understanding of it is they've got one of the best turf surfaces you can get in the world yeah Um, yeah so yeah so i'm I'm sure because as long as they do that i'm I'm betting they get a good break and so again it comes down to finances does it make sense to make that switch right and then you're having to constantly deal with some sort of grass turf um, and, and is grass really going to do something totally different for our players? Yeah, I don't know that it would. Or bringing players here. People aren't going to be like, well, damn it, that's the reason we're coming to Portland and playing. Yeah. They've got grass. They've got a natural grass field, so that's where I want to go. Which we know it's been an issue for, like, other players, right? Thierry Henry was concerned about playing on the turf, but a lot of that's just made-up bullshit in their head. Yeah. But... Yeah, there's the Portland Timber stuff. What else you got Timbers-wise? Uh, not much. All right. That's about it. Well, let's uh, press pause. I'm going to uh, refill my little tea glass here. Yes, kids, I'm drinking tea today. Tea. Tea. And uh, we will come back and talk about Zwickle Mania. Yeah. What is a Zwickle? This is a Zwickle. What is Zwickle Mania? Zwickle Mania is a one-day Oregon-wide event that celebrates craft beer. Beer lovers can sample fresh brew, get cool swag, awesome deals, and tour the breweries. Zwickle responsibly. All right, we're back. little segue with Zwickle Mania. So we Zwickled. Boy, did we. I think we Zwickled responsibly. Yeah, well, I think so. So, uh... Very definitely. Yeah. So we hit four breweries, five theoretically, and um, I think we had a pretty good time, and I think our approach was pretty good this year. Yeah. We talked about doing Western Washington County. I didn't see really anything. Ombacht was doing something, and Out of This World was doing something, but really like Waltz and KB and some of those weren't down for doing anything. Yeah. It definitely seemed like a smaller selection of, of places in areas that last year 
there were maybe more abundant. Um, yeah, and I don't know what that is. That was uh, weird. Yeah, I don't know. The pins on the map were a lot, a lot less this year. Yes. So, but we started off um, with a place in Northwest Portland. Um, Ascendance. Yeah, and so it's known. I guess it was known as Pints Brew House. Right. And then was purchased or rolled into this Ascendant. And it's affiliated with Zoigel House, as we found out. Yeah. yeah. So it's like their, their small batch brewery is what it is. So right. We go in and uh, roll up to it, uh, Tim, Gary, and I. And it's interesting when we walked in. It's brick. Kind of got this cool, like... Like butcher block type uh, surfaces when you walk in, and you check in for your Zwickle ticket. Yeah, and then they handed us as one of the first fifty an Ascendant uh, pint glass. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet glass. Yeah, totally cool. Yeah, it was really cool. So, and then you got like a bag of pure goodness. Yeah, that popcorn was pretty damn good. Yeah, no, that was ridiculous. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we had this with their house season salt, Ascendance house season salt on this popcorn. And I'm, at first I'm like, eh, we had a little bit of hair of the dog from the uh, <laughs> night before out playing shuffleboard with the boys. Till 2.30 in the morning. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, that, that was a long, long, long night. And then rolling in his wickle. So that salty popcorn really worked us good. Yeah, so, it tasted good. So uh, tested out the new lapel mics. Yes. Met uh, our boy Tyler. Was that Tyler? Yes, it was Tyler. Yeah, I think it was Tyler. Tyler there. And uh, coaxed him to give us a private tour, despite the whole lobby being full of people. (laughs) And he was fantastic, man. It was great. Yeah, so uh, spent only a few minutes up top. Good, because it was kind of noisy. And then they took us downstairs and then took us into the cooler and gave us a tour of the place and just sat and chatted. So here's a little bit of that interview, and uh, we'll be back. All right, Jason from the Tim Beers here live from Incendent Brewing. So I uh, didn't catch our guy's name here, but we're with one of the guys from Incendent Brewing who's going to give us a small tour, answer some questions for us. So I'll let you introduce yourself. Yeah, so I'm, I'm Tyler Mills. Uh, I've been brewing at Ascendant Brewing Company for about two years now. And, uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for the tour. Um, so first 50 people got glasses for Zoigel. So yeah, that's right. We were one of the first 50. Fantastic. Um, we ascendant glasses. Ascendant glasses. Yeah. So yeah. the um, we had the Berliner Weiss, and then we had the Fritter. Is it a lager? It is a yes. It is okay. a Fritter beer infused with coffee, and uh, yeah, of coffee lager. Cool. And what, so what inspired that? So we're, well, we're inspired. Up some fritters and put them inside the mash. And <laughs> well, we were uh, we were inspired by there's an international coffee fest that's happening uh, in the next couple weeks, right. and so uh, we decided. You know, what if we had kind of a coffee break sort of, uh, you know, breakfast style beer? So that's where we got the idea of having the fritters in there, and uh, decided to go with the lager because it's a little bit more clean, so we can really let the fritter and the coffee shine. Cool. Who was the partner roaster that you guys roasted with? Portland Roasting Company. Portland Roasting. Awesome. Good. Yeah, yeah. So what can you tell me about uh, Ascendant and what you guys have been doing? It used to be called Pints, right? Yeah, that's right. So, okay. so uh, Pints originally was uh, opened. It was about eight years ago. And then our brewmaster, Alan Taylor, started up with us about six years ago. And uh, out in September 2018, we uh, switched over to Ascendant. And in that move, we decided to get a new face for our distribution that we just opened up. So fresh face, uh, fresh beers, 
you know, kind of keeping all of that going, uh, I would say really inspired our change. Cool, awesome. Yeah, and to stay stay relevant. How big, set, how big of a setup you got? We have a three and a half barrel brew house, okay. and we brew about a thousand barrels a year. Wow. So we're we're pumping it pretty hard, but th- three to four days doing double brews. Cool, dual deck. So I'm noticing a downstairs tour here. Yep, that's right. So cool. So uh, anything we need to know about Ancendant? I would say that we're doing, uh, we're really letting our brewers shine. We're letting the creativity, uh, letting them just kind of uh, throw out any flavors, any ideas, and really collaborating to try to find that American eclectic and really try to let that shine here. Wonderful. So you're located at 5th and Gleason. 5th and Gleason, that's right. So a little brick building here. So Yeah. And it's got quite a bit of space inside. It does, yeah. And I'd say the brick and then the the brew house being copper, I think, adds to this uh, very working class identity. Yeah, I love the copper. copper, Me too, yeah. It's it's just, it has this this history, historical kind of look to it. And I I really adore it myself. Right, well, and Burt Grant actually talked about how copper actually changes the flavor of the beer as well. There's something about the copper that does something different for the beer, and that's what he brewed on up in Yakima. Beautiful. Was, beautiful. Again, just copper. So. Yeah, and so really just allowing that here, I think, you know, that attends to our flavor. Cool. And then awesome light fixtures. So keg light fixture. Exactly. Pine glasses cut out. Yes. So cool. Yes. Right, can we see downstairs? Most definitely. What yeah. do you got going down here? So uh, our cellar. So upstairs we have three fermenters, uh, all seven barrel fermenters, and, and down here we have five fermenters. Um all of them being seven barrels, so we can do a double batch and to fill those. So one of the things that's really exciting, I think, is uh, our our souring tank. It's got a uh, hot water coils that run around it, um, so it allows us to keep the uh, the tank temperature to be about 110, 115 degrees for whenever we're pitching lactobacillus into it. So it's running off a just like a tankless water heater type thing? Uh, well, I have a, we have a hot water heater back oh, here. Oh, you got a hot water heater. Okay. Yeah, so Good. if you even notice, we have a little valve oh, yeah. that kind of kicks in uh, over to those coils. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And this is, where we, this is what feeds our hot water heater upstairs. Okay. So we'll do a little loop that will maintain that temperature. Cool. And that's where we get our hot liquor. Awesome. So uh, downstairs, you're using the space well, nice and cool down here. Exactly. Right? You can yeah. wheel it right into the fridge. So your tap lines, are they directly through the floor out of the fridge here? Or no. you have... So this is this will just be our cellar. Um, okay. So we have uh, some uh, bright tanks in there. So we have uh, five Grundy bright tanks, single wall. Okay. And oh, yeah. into the cooler here. Into the cooler. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, you know, when we're finished with fermentation, we'll send it into here, and this is where we'll do our carbonating. Okay. Um, kegging it off into kegs, and we'll store it into the cellar. And then right down the way, we have our uh, taproom cooler. Cool. So that's where we'll actually do our, our serving for the taproom. You guys doing room. any distribution at all? Yes, we are. Self-distribution? or We were doing self-distribution, but we just signed up uh, in regards to our uh, our name change. We signed up with Miletus. Oh, did you really? Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. So we've got that going, and that's been that's been moving along quite nicely. Awesome. Good, yeah, good so we, we have a nice uh, wooden staircase over there that will run the kegs up, you know, two-man team. Really? Yeah, and uh, get that sent over to them, but I mean, it, it's worth it. Awesome. It's amazing stuff, and I, you know, the personality of this place is what really, really keeps me here. It's, we can, we have so much uh, room to explore and try things, and it's such a small system and kind of put together in this really fun way that it just, I don't know, when you get in here, it just kind of makes sense as a brewer. Well, it looks like you can experiment, right? So it's small enough batches that you can still experiment. Exactly. You're not totally committed to some huge batch that mm-hmm. you're like, oh, this didn't turn out. What are we going to do here? Yeah, yeah. So. We, you know, you know fill, filling a fermenter, we can, you know, fill two or three barrels. So it just, it, it works. 
So what do you guys know? What are you known for as far as beer? What's the style that you guys are known for? Is it American Eclectic? I would say American Eclectic. I would say that our, you know, we have our Vertical Lift Hazy IPA that's okay. that's very strong right now. But I'm also really excited about our Glow and Plunder International IPA. Okay. So we've sourced Southern Hemisphere hops to um, give that juicy flavor over that nice Pilsner base. You ever played with Phoenix hops by chance? We have actually. Have you really, Gary? Yeah. So Gary's looking at actually doing an IPA and he's like, I want to do something with Phoenix hops. Interesting. But trying to find Phoenix hops is tough. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, It's always funny what what hops are really hard to get and what are easy. Right. We're on seasonal too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, We did a a milk chocolate porter with those. Oh, there you go. That added just that that earthy chocolate note from the Phoenix was really nice in there. That's inspiring. Yeah. Good. All right, so how'd you get into brewing? Last question. So. Yeah, I, well, so I was uh, working for McMinimins. Oh, really? Uh, I moved up here in 2015, and I was working for Fulton Pub down in uh, uh, John's Landing. Right. Yeah. And uh, just talk, I ended up kind of just falling in love with brewing with like, the tour that we got, because it was a brew pub. Yeah. And I ended up just staying back there for like four hours talking to the brewer, and just like, this is so cool. And uh, he ended up being childhood friends with Jason McAdam, uh, the owner, well, former owner of Burnside Brewing Company. Um, and that's kind of where I got my kick doing, uh, or my start doing some packaging. Did you go over to Burnside and do I packaging did. there? I did. Yeah, oh, so good. I started doing packaging at Burnside, and then within a couple months, uh, they were looking for somebody, and it was like, you know, you know, we think we want you, because they saw tragedy. my work ethic. And right. closing down is like, oh. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, such a shame, man. Well, I mean, there's so many big players that are just leaving the market, and it's like, have we hit that point where we're oversaturated, or is it these guys have yet to... They didn't evolve. I have a hard time saying that about Burnside, right? For sure. Yeah, but, they, I mean, they were Bridgeport, definitely on the edge. I mean, they didn't really evolve into what, some of this hazy stuff and keeping it relevant, right? Yeah, you kind of you have to keep the the drinkers happy and kind of keep them coming. And if they're you know if they want those IPAs, if they want that kind of interesting flavor, you can do that. But at the same time, you can do those fun things and kind of keep you know keep your the beer nerds happy because right. that's you know that's what we all really are. Right. Totally. Absolutely. <laughs> Good. I appreciate your time, Tyler. Of course, yeah, I appreciate you. Yeah, take care. Of course, from the cheers. All right. Well, huge thanks to Anson Brewing and Tyler for the wonderful tour and interview time. Yeah, great guy. Good guy. Um, beautiful, beautiful brewing equipment upstairs. Copper brew kettles. And um, again, yeah, Burt Grant, famous for the copper brew kettles that he used with Yakima Brewing. And I think just recently, I think Yakima Brewing sold those, and I believe Boneyard's new place has the Burt Grant um, Copper Brew Kettle. Ah, the original. Interesting. Yeah, so, and of course, Burt Grant, uh, really infamous, one of the godfathers of modern-day microbreweries, uh, opening his first brewery in Yakima in 1983. So, yeah. Yeah, interesting. So, And then he's also responsible for much of the hops uh, and hop growth from Yakima Valley all the way through the Willamette Valley. So a lot of that stuff is because of that guy, and he brewed on copper. Cool, cool. So anyways, um, so then uh, we went back upstairs, had a white stout, because why would you not? Yes, the good old white stout. What were your thoughts on that white stout? Uh, the white stout had a, a very distinct green pepper taste to the back end of it uh great beer um i just don't know if that was the perfect beer to be the hair of the dog right <laughs> to get things started again 
yeah, uh, was, from, from the night before. But when we uh, talked about it, we didn't have any sampler platters there. No, and that's I think we we should have stuck by our guns on that and just went with the sample sample platter there, like we did everywhere else. Yeah. So, well, we will uh, we'll definitely be back to Ascendant. Um, great place down on Fourth, right by Harvard's. Harvey's Comedy Club and some of that stuff down there. Yeah. So it would be a good place to check out. Um, so then we walked our happy butts all the way up to Van Ebert, or Von Ebert. Von Ebert. Knew nothing about Von Ebert. Nothing. Other than it was like, yeah, let's go up to this place that I've never heard of called Von Ebert. Um, walked inside, actually walked up to it, and I'm like, I'm not impressed. This looks, like, <laughs> this looks way, 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 like, overdone. Yeah. And then, um, so then we go inside, and I'm same thing. I'm like, eh, this is not going to be that good. Cavernous place. It's huge. And so then we go and get our ticket for Zwickle. Yep. Get some food. And then um, from there, we wait. Yeah, and we... uh... We waited, and our food wasn't going to be there in time for us to do our tour, so we actually had to shift our tour back a little bit, uh, which ended up working out brilliantly. Yeah, and that lady that helped us was fantastic, worked with us. Oh, I don't yeah. know her name. Yeah, she was great. So, um, but yeah, so they worked with us and then got us into the regular tour that everybody else was in. Right. We were a few minutes late for. Yes, we were. <laughs> they were pouring the beer. How about we weren't late? We were on time because they were pouring the beer. Yeah, we were on time. Yeah. So got to drink, I believe it was a Sector 7 IPA right from the Bright Tank. Yep. So right out of the what? What kind of valve? The Zwickle valve. The Zwickle valve. And that one had a pigtail on it. It did. A little uh, ding, ding, ding. Big tickle. Yeah. So, anyways, um, interesting uh, because we had Sector 7 in our sampler platters. Yes, kids, we drink sampler platters. <laughs> and, um, and so we had a about a half pint in a plastic Dixie cup. Yeah. Cup. Yeah, and it was really, that, that was actually a decent beer. I yeah. mean, it, it tasting it that fresh is. There's such a big difference on that. Yeah, it was pretty good, man. And it was super cold, too. Yeah, so. <laughs> nice and cold. So, and then uh, we kind of stuck around in the big group setting, listening to the spiel from the brew assistant that really wasn't into giving the spiel. Yeah. And you could tell that he wanted to, like, do some other stuff, but he was stuck giving the spiel. Yeah. So, um, so Tim was working his magic. Yeah, we totally worked his magic. Um, talking to one of the other guys that uh, was was also coordinating those tours, um, and we were just going to interview him, but they wanted to get it all cleared through the head brewer first. So, uh, what ended up being absolutely amazing is we walked out to where the head brewer was and he goes oh why don't i just why don't i just do the interview yeah it was interesting because we're like all right the dude that was given the tour was totally not into giving us a private interview now and was like well we're gonna have to get clearance yeah because they they want to make sure everything's by the book and then tim sweet talking behind some fermentation vessels the young guy, yeah, he was like, "Yeah, we'll just do it. I'll do it, no problem." And then 
the guy that's giving the main tour is like, uh, dude, that ain't working. You we got to get that clear. That. And so then the young guy took us out and was like, I'll just take you to meet the main brewer. And then, then here we are. Yeah. So he's like, hell yeah, we'll do it. And so we met the world famous Von Ebert master brewer, Sam. Yes. Who led us. Basically, he's like, hey, what do you guys want to do? And I'm like, hey, we want to someplace quiet. And then we want to talk, talk beer and drink a beer. So he's like, whatever you guys want, order it on me. And then we'll take you up to the barrel room. And then we're going to take you to the barrel room and let you party up there with and, me. And, and do that interview up there. Which is above the bar looking out on the masses. Yeah. And uh, so that place became very epic quickly. Very quickly. So up we go, this long wooden stairway. That, dodging that looked, servers. Yeah, that, that looked like it went through like a maid's closet. Totally. Yeah. Past the kitchen, people, bussers, and like waitresses carrying stuff out, and you're like, oh, gee. Oh, avoiding that, making yeah. sure we weren't interfering with their, their routes. Corner. Corner. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I don't know what that means. So up we go, and Mike, Sam up, and we said, you know what, Tim? You've been a good good friend to us, and we've, we've beat on you pretty good over the years. Yeah. So why don't you take this interview? And what did Tim do? He didn't want to take it. He's like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. He wanted to. <laughs> nope, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. Like, no, you guys do it. You got to do it. And then I was like, Gary, you got this one. And Gary's like, I really don't want to do this one. And I'm like, <laughs> fine, I'll do it. And Tim's like, never mind, I'll, I'll do, do it. it. So he finally did it. So here's Tim's interview with Sam, and I believe you and I interject ourselves into it. Yes. Um, Towards the end. Fantastic. Fantastic time at Von Ebert Brewing. Wonderful Zwickelmania place. And uh, enjoy this Three, interview. Two, one. Can you add some bass to my voice, please? <laughs> Shut up, bastard. No, no snare in my headphones. Yeah. Okay, All right. Hey, this is uh, Tim, the guest uh, interviewer from the... Uh, Tim Beers, just want to take this opportunity and say thank you for uh, the opportunity to be here, guys. We are at Von Ebert's in Northwest Portland. I'm, uh, I have the opportunity, I'm in the barrel room, the barrel room, overlooking the beautiful, huge, massive, there's, there's freaking, there's fans that are bigger than my head. I believe those are big ass fans. Right? Big yeah. ass yeah. fans, yeah. 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 Big ass fans. Uh, for a, a huge, beautiful uh, restaurant. So I'm sorry, I'm, I'm with the head brewer. Remind me your name, sir? Sam. Sam, and uh, tell us a little bit about your place here. Yeah, um, we opened up about a year ago, uh, last March. Uh, specialize in a lot of like hop forward, um, different variants of IPA styles. Um, do a lot of German lagers. I think a couple of us are, actually three of us have uh, German-inspired beers right now. Excellent, yeah, sure. excellent. This is very good. A little more Bomberg could be needed, but uh, I'm biased. I like it smoky. I like it smoky for sure. So you started here about 13 months ago. Did you yep. have any interaction with the fathead side of the former company? Uh, I drank a lot of their beer. Okay. Yeah, I was uh, actually here probably one or two days a week the whole time. The whole time this place was fatheads. Excellent. What's your previous brewing experience? Um few other places around town that came directly from Breakside Brewing. Okay. I uh, was at the Commons Brewery before that, and then um, Burnside Brewing before that. Wow. Well, at least two of the three are still in business, so that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That was a cheap shot. That was bad. <laughs> so ex explain to me how you got to, uh, how did you guys get to this point? I mean, you're 
you're a, a standalone taken over. Can you explain how you guys got from one company to the other? And yeah, yeah. So uh, Tom Cook, the owner, um, he was franchising Fatheads. Uh, they were in this building for several years and uh, sort of wanted to go in different directions. So Tom wanted to open up his own brewery and uh, named the named the place after his uh, grandmother who immigrated from, from Germany, uh, Grandma Ebert. And uh, here we are, Von Ebert. Wow. Awesome that's and cool. We actually have a, a, another location um, out on the Glendevere Golf Course that opened up last summer. How big of a system is that versus also how big of a system do you have here? So here at the Pearl, we're on a, a 10 barrel. Um, over at Glendevere, they have a 7. Um, and they focus on a lot of like long term wood age beers. Now, at this point, are you guys connected to a distributor or anyone else, or are you just pushing kegs? No, well, kegs through several distributors. Um, in Oregon, it's Point Blank, or with Craig Stein Beverage in Washington, uh, Lime Ventures in California, and then we send a little bit of beer to Japan, too. Wow, wow. So is there aspirations to get bigger? Are you guys happy with where you are? Uh, that, that is about the footprint that we'll probably stay on. Um, might end up sending a little bit you know, elsewhere in Washington, maybe a little bit to Idaho, but that, that'll be it. Okay, good. So you don't have like huge... Well, never, never say never, Tom. Never say never, but also we recognize, as we've seen two or three of our major brewers downsize I'm, yeah. to the idea that you've lost two big founders of the beer industry in, in Oregon, yeah. and now there's a rumor of two or three may fall in 2019. It's got to be kind of scary a little bit of times. Yeah, a little bit. And I think we're, you know, we're, we're a lot more focused on, on in-house, over-the-counter sales. Um, we'd much rather, you know, open up another pub someday rather than uh, you know, spread our distribution. Excellent. What, what style of beer would you say you as a brewer gravitate towards? You mentioned two of the three of us are drinking, or two of the, three of the four are drinking uh, German-style beers right now, but... Is that your wheelhouse? Um, yeah, I guess. I guess it's it's the question: What do I like drinking more, or what do I like brewing more? Yes. Yes. Both. You can answer uh, both. Yeah, I really like overcomplicating brew days. Uh, that seems to be a habit of mine. Uh, so anything that has you know unique processes, I think, is really fun. But okay. as far as drinking, yeah, I usually gravitate towards lower ABV German style lagers. Okay. Well, I appreciate you doing a beer that's anyway associated with Bomberg. The smoke in this just hits you right at the nose and that's about it. But I, I hope that one day once we get to timber season that uh, because we are the Tim beers, yep. that you're, you'll have a Rauch beer on that will truly represent Bomberg. You can do like a Timbers Army smoked Rauch or something, some weird yeah. You know, that's like saying, you know, lager, lager. Yep. Yeah. And just, so, so that begs a question, Tim. Um, You've got a trophy over there in the corner yep. that has Timber's Army written all over it. Yeah, please don't ask me about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was that was what I was going to ask you about. Um, so there's no backstory on that at all from you. <laughs> I'm sure there is. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. And then I, obviously Tim mentioned we were in the barrel room. So what do you have in the barrel sitting here? Anything, anything crazy? Uh, actually, several of them are prepped to get filled with an imperial stout. Oh, are there really? Um, yeah, we've got a, a 
really large imperial stout that uh, we're going to be barreling down into a combination of um, uh, bourbon, Colorado whiskey, and Jamaican rum barrels. Fantastic. Same imperial stout, just aged in different casks. Oh, sweet. So, obviously, Dark Arts is going on this weekend over at Fort George. So, um, any thoughts? uh, (laughs) I'm surprised to actually see you here and not there, right? (laughs) I love Zwickelmania. But I really, really love Dark Arts. That's my favorite festival. Yeah, I'm sure as a head brewer, you kind of get the, uh, like, you can get in if you just say, hey, can I come? And um, for us, the $70 price ticket's interesting, right? So Alan over at uh, Hair of the Dog, right, he does regularly that $70 type price ticket, but you get all you can drink, all you can eat type thing. But with Dark Arts, it's not that way. It's You're still paying for drinks afterwards. Um, so it's interesting because as much as there's contracture within the market, market here in the Portland area, there's places like Astoria where things are booming and they have this crazy festival going on, which kind of got a goth theme, this whole thing, and it's sold out, right? So any chances you guys are going to bring something over to Dark Arts? How does that work? Uh, so we're not there this year. I, I really hope that they ask us to be in next year. Okay. Um, you know, I've got so much respect for that festival. So unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Awesome, man. And, you know, it is expensive, but they, they provide a ton of oh. value. Yeah, and you know what? They have no problem selling the thing out. Prices keep going up, but it's still a great festival. And I think the other thing that it offers is really this good atmosphere, right? So people that are not maybe kind of on the fence about beer anyways, and then you go to something like that that's just totally off the charts. Yeah, totally. yeah people are like, it's like the Timbers games, right? People go to watch the Timbers army and what's going to happen and do all that. That's the same thing. People are beer drinkers, but they go to that, and they're like, oh, my God, this, this is unbelievable. So, cool. Tim, last question. Close this out. Can you explain a little, and this is just the geek in, in all three of us, how, what's the process to acquire? I'm, I'm looking at a Jamaican barrel, a Colorado barrel, and you mentioned two others. How do you guys go about the in the industry of trading barrels and, and it's just a the one a the risk because you guys you pay a lot those guys downstairs a lot of money to spend a brew day but then to bring it upstairs and play with it in the four barrels and you're the, i mean you're the man that that gets the final creation but also the final blame can you talk a little about that about how that process works yeah, yeah absolutely so two-part question um first part how do you acquire the barrels it's really two main ways that you do it. You either have a direct uh, connection and relationship with, you know, the winery or distillery. Um, you know, you uh, either pay them or they help you out and um, get them direct. Or you can go through a barrel broker. So there's companies around the country that acquire barrels in bulk and then sell them to brewers. Hence, that's probably the main the raw barrels you're getting from a broker of some sort. Yes, correct. Versus the American oak and some of that stuff you could probably get from a winery or someplace like that. Yeah, exactly. And a broker probably ultimately costs you more because you you're going through oh, a, a middleman, right? You have to pay the middleman. Smaller volume. Yep. Yeah. But, I mean, there is the advantage of acquiring you know things that you wouldn't normally have. Right. So how long is a, how long is a barrel good for? Uh, the barrel? As far as if you were to... Let's say you're going to run a batch through one. Yeah, how many turns yeah, do you get out of a barrel? Depends on what you're looking for. Um, you know, there's some really uh, well-respected beers out there that 
uh, are made with a you know a combination of first run oak, second run oak, third run oak. Mm -hmm. um, some people prefer to only use first time and then ditch the barrel after that. Uh, if you're looking at like mixed culture fermentation and going into wine barrels, I mean you can probably use those indefinitely. Okay. So it really depends on, on what you're looking for out of it. Got it. Okay. Awesome. Take us home. Well, that uh, that wraps it up, and uh, we have really enjoyed our time here. Um, and we'll see you at the next Zwickle location. Thanks. Cool. Tim Beers, thanks to Von Ebert. Appreciate it. Well, big, big thanks to uh, Von Ebert Brewing and Sam. Yeah. It, uh, it turned what was originally feeling like just a, a blah Zwicklemania type location into just an absolutely fantastic uh, experience. Yeah, so. it was great, great experience. Um, I had the Dio beer uh, in honor of Ronnie James Dio. Thanks, Tim. Um, <laughs> so every person I tell that story to wants to punch Tim in the penis. Every one of them. Yep. Yeah. Thanks, Tim. Could have been the best night of our lives. Wow. <laughs> Still not living it down. Nope. I'm taking that to my deathbed. <laughs> I love you, buddy, but I'm taking it to my deathbed. So, um, anyways... Any beer stick out there to you that you had? Uh, you tried a couple. We, I mean, we tried each other's. Yeah, stuff. we. Everybody did flights. Um, so there was like a pink guava pale ale that it was definitely guava tasting. Uh, pretty strong on the guava, actually, uh, which wasn't bad. It'd be a great summer beer to just sit around and drink. Um, you know that that was more one of the kind of out of the out of your way type of beers that I tried. Yeah, their pills was absolutely crystal clear perfection. Yeah, super smooth, uh, super clean, no off flavors. Uh, it was it was done to perfection. I think we talked afterwards about them bringing a Kolsch, which they do in the summer. Yes. Um, so we'll definitely be back to try that Kolsch. So, but if you get a chance, check it out. What used to be Fatheads Brewing is now Von Ebert's. A bunch of the people that were at Fatheads is still there. Um, same owner, same everything. Just wanted to switch things up and break away from the Fathead branding of what the Midwest, I believe, is where Fathead's from. So uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, check it out. Very, very German, authentic, and um, good beers. Like yes. Good beers. So, and check out Sam. Check him out. So, all right. Well, then we uh, left there and decided to do the funeral death march um, <laughs> over to the, kind of the pilgrimage to Bridgeport, who's announced that their closure. The sad walk. So, they've ceased brewing operations and they're keeping the pub open for nostalgia for till my birthday march 10th yeah and then they will shut down the brewery and then it'll be done or not shut down the brewery shut down the pub so yeah then it'll be done so uh we walked up and we were alarmed to see a line outside we're like what the hell it was nuts no announces wickle things going on no. yet we walked in and there's wickle stuff all over the place yeah um, but yeah, there's a line, and there's a big tall guy, general manager, standing outside. Um, I gotta say, that guy's a little bit salty. Just yeah, just a tad. Yeah, you know, I, he I, didn't want to do an interview. He didn't want to do anything. Didn't want to let his staff do the interview. No. More or less, 
I mean, as you would expect someone that's losing their job after many, many, what do you say, 20 years of being there? Yeah. Um, 20, 25, something like that. And he's he's the GM, and he's the one being the bouncer outside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he was the one controlling crowd, so. Yeah. So, uh, but he did say that, that, what, the night before there was like 200 people there. Right. It was just absolutely jam-packed. So we're standing outside with, what, about a dozen people? Yeah. And uh, yeah. letting us in. He's like, it could be 10, 15 minutes. We go, we finally get in, especially when they find out we were just going to the bar. Yeah. And there's like open tables and... Yeah, there was a few. I mean, when we walked in there, it was pretty packed. Um, but as we were standing there drinking our beers, uh, some people had left and it didn't didn't look like anybody had come in. So yeah, there were some empty tables um, around there. But yeah, it, but around the it was bar, crazy. we stepped up, got a beer. Yeah, no right problem. away, no yeah. issues. No issues. Walked to the back where they had this whole spare room set up where they were going to have standing room only, and we were the only ones in there. Yeah. So, but we met uh, the brewer Nick. Um, somebody pointed us. I think Tim found the brewer. Said that's who we should speak to. Yeah, he talked to one of the gals up front and said, "Hey, you know, any chance getting." an a interview brewer, with yeah. like a brewer or anything like that and she's like oh yeah you'll want to talk to nick he's the guy back there at the bar uh just ask him and he'll probably be glad to do it so we uh shoot off to the back with uh, i got a bridgeport ipa because of nostalgia um tim ended up getting uh knucklehead i believe and what'd you get i got their um did you get their stout yeah it, it was or porter you got the bridgeport porter I, right Nah, it was a black something. Oh, no, black lager. That's yeah, what the you black lager is what I got. Black lager. Um, so take those pints back, and we meet Nick. Um, the dude is fantastic. First of all, he's a very big human being. <laughs> yeah, very big. Yeah, he towered over all three Probably like 6'5". Yeah, big guy, but gentle and very gracious with his time. Yeah. Yeah, so here's the interview with uh, Bridgeport Brewing and Nick the Brewer. This is Jason from the Tim Beers, live from Bridgeport Brewing. Uh, Zwickle Mania, you guys are hosting a Zwickle Mania event here, which I didn't see I didn't see posted necessarily on the Zwickle page, but uh, we walked over here. We were over at uh, Von Ebert. Nice. Um, like and Ebert. actually met with Sam over there, the head brewer, yeah. and got a wonderful view of the barrel room nice so then we're like we need to go to bridgeport we need to go <laughs> say goodbye so cool bittersweet so tim gary and i are here tim and i actually kind of grew up with our beer drinking here in this brewery with scott mills right yeah. throwing darts uh in the corner with the pizza that was served and then they went oh, through a remodel yeah it was flat it was boring it was god it was pizza though <laughs> so this this place is kind of a lot of nostalgia built up in this place and we were talking about the parking across the way so anyways so we're here with one of the brewers from bridgeport we'll let him introduce himself and then uh Again, Bridgeport needs no introduction at all, which we usually make the brewers talk about their brewery. Bridgeport is a staple. Um, but introduce yourself. Oh, uh, Nicholas Kupetz, uh, brewer with Bridgeport for the last uh, 10 years. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, no, absolutely. So so talk to us. How did you get involved in brewing? So <laughs> most of us, we homebrew. So uh, I brew on a nine-gallon system, nine barrel, or nine gallon system right now, not nine-barrel. So uh, you're in a nine-gallon system right now. Okay. So you're in a twelve. So, but we all started off homebrewing. How about you? Uh, yeah, in a very similar way. Uh, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. 
Oh. Uh, and like almost almost a bit of a parallel, like Great Lakes Brewing Company in Cleveland, yeah. very similar to Bridgeport in a lot of ways. And um, uh, I didn't get my start with Great Lakes, but that it was part of the scene in Cleveland. So, you know, it inspired everyone to start brewing some beer at home and stuff like that. So um, I got hired with Rock Bottom Breweries uh, in sometime in 99, and I had buddies that were... Cleveland firefighters, and they they had their own little homebrew thing going on. So, yeah, I would go out and hang out with those firefighters and give, give them a few pointers here and there, and you know, it'd be a great time. You know, and just it it let turned into a big career. Yeah. So my wife's from Cleveland, so I go to Cleveland oh. quite often. Oh, cool, so, nice. Yeah, and uh, I'm very familiar with Great Lakes. As a matter of fact, uh, I was at Great Lakes and did an interview last year oh, for wow. the podcast. So crazy. Um, as well as what's the other brewery just down from Great Lakes? There's another fantastic. Like, uh, maybe the Market Garden. Or market Garden, like exactly. Yeah. Yep. So. And then, what's the meat market that's right that's next the to west side the market. West Side yeah, Market? Yeah, yeah. see, you Cleveland got it. Kid, yeah, yeah, Cleveland, Cleveland in the house. <laughs> so, uh, West West Side Market, unbelievable. I know oh, we yeah. talked about it in the podcast, but you look down front, like on it from up above. Oh no, kidding. it's ridiculous. Yeah, the lights, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. and the architecture in there. So, and Cleveland's a popping brew scene right now. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's something going on there, right? Lots of good things happening. Yeah, yeah, they're they're opening up a lot of places, and uh, you know, kind of following the trend. I mean, going small scale. A lot of small little pubs in the neighborhoods uh, going around and, uh, you know, definitely boosting the scene. So market saturation is the theme here. So I was leading into this. And and so Portland is plumb full of breweries, right? So And so from 2006 on to current date, you see this bell curve where it just, like, shoots off the charts where brewers are opening and then matching that the brewers are closing. You guys are the latest victim of that. That's correct. Um, So, and, and my belief is that, as we see with Ex Novo and some of these guys, they're starting to move out into the suburbs to make a connection with, like, neighborhoods. Right. Right? And so what's next for Bridgeport? I mean, it, Bridgeport's obviously gone for now. Right. But it's up for sale. I'm assuming somebody will buy that because of the name and some, something that you guys have. Um, I can answer that. If yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the brand is, like... The brand has lost a lot of its power, um, right. so it's it's kind of up in the air whether or not anyone's even willing to take it on, um, just because of how eroded you know its uh, you know reputation has become. But this is damn good ESP. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, I'm drinking the, the IPA. It's not the beer's fault. No, it's, it's not the beer's fault. Um, just, just it is what it is. Missteps, mismanagement, missteps. Um, all, you know, just it lost. And while we were sitting in the walkover, I'm like. What happened at Bridgeport is it lost its local connection, right? Absolutely. So there's people that are loyal to the brand because of what it stood for. Right. But as soon as it was sold from the Fonzies, right, yep. right. it lost being relevant. And, and Hills, I was here for the Hillsborough Hops beer yeah. thing that we did. Yeah. And, and then I believe we did the Brewers Brunch here a few years yeah, ago, that was, right? Yeah, that was five years ago for the, uh, for the uh, Oregon Brewers Fest. Uh, right. And uh, so brunch. we were here. We had yeah. the breakfast. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's... I got my keychain from that. I got my yeah. bottle yeah, <laughs> so it's lost it, it's lost that connection, which I think is what's happening in the brewery scene within Portland now, is that it's reached saturation level where there's a lot of breweries in the downtown core. And and for what McMenamins is, McMenamins is a staple like Bridgeport. Um, they offer mediocre beer, mediocre service. You know what you're going to get, but they have a connection with the communities that they yeah. provide. Yeah. And so I think it'd be interesting to see Bridgeport move out of downtown Portland. Yeah. Hence the name's a little bit different, right, because it's Bridgeport, right. Portland. So, but how do you connect back with the community and does it come back? I don't know. I think that's a, that's a good question. It's tough to answer. Um, you, you know, they have, they were trying to streamline. I, I think they were trying to go in that direction. I mean, we were trying to go in that direction and streamlining and, you know, trying to stay up with the trends. But 
you know, it just it just wasn't going to work with this place. Like, right. like you said, it being positioned where we are downtown, so um, it made a lot of it, it created a lot of problems. Well, I call it uh, siloed, right? I mean, you're siloed in, and you yeah. got you're fighting ten, bar- ten barrel down the street or yeah. shoots down the street. You know, and and you're on this end, yeah. right, and not in the middle of that, yeah. which is tough. The brew pub. It, honestly, he's doing fantastic. It really wasn't a... But it's a, the distribution. Yes. Right. Uh, finding a shelf, you know, back in the day, you know, Bridgeport had... Right, who, Bridgeport does, had who does six. the Bridgeport distribution? Columbia. As a Columbia, yeah. yeah. But back in the day, we had six six packs on a shelf, you know, at any market in the city. Now you're lucky to maybe find one of our six packs on So our, what about relevance? So we talked a little bit about this on the podcast in prior episodes, is that how does Bridgeport... How, how could Bridgeport remain relevant within the beer scene in Portland? Right. I know coming to the pub's different because you guys got a bunch of crazy stuff on tap yeah. right now. And that was our attempt. Right. Yeah. But people aren't, unfortunately, most people aren't introduced to beers at your brew pub. They're right. introduced it at the market shelf. Right. Right. And so do you think that was perhaps a misstep where oh, yeah. you weren't pushing some of the hazy IPA stuff or the, I mean, whatever it was? I, I was I was just going to say the company or the brewery has uh, seemed to have a... A bad habit of getting into trends that are maybe three years already. They're already right. behind they're by us, three years. Past yeah. curve. Yeah. Right. A haze, the hazy is a great idea. Or sticking on the gold standard, which is, I mean, I love Blue Heron. I love the IPA, which I'm drinking now for nostalgia. Yep. But the market doesn't dictate that those are selling, right? Agreed. And you're, I think what you're saying is maybe a stubbornness to move on from a right. style that's no longer. Um, yeah, we, I, we encountered that in multiple situations, you right. know, and it's just, just it was just uh, a difficult it just didn't transition and it didn't innovate, you know. Right. And it uh, turns out it is out, what it is. Yeah, yeah. And people grew tired of it. You know, I I heard this many times. Oh, my grandpa loved Bridgeport. Oh, my grandpa, you know. And that's not a good. That's not a good sign, brush to right? get painted with sometimes right. in this game, you know. It's, my grandfather was a stock member. the original stock members of Portland Brewing, and where are they at, right? So, right. I mean, it just it's just not the same. You've yeah. got to evolve at some point yeah. and stay relevant. And, and and we as brewers, we you we did? know we produced the beer absolutely. The, the hazy we have right now is excellent beer. Um, we. But it never hit the distribution. Right. Right. And we had damaged our brands so badly at that point, it doesn't even matter if it got it. I know. I still hold Bridgeport up there. Like, in my head, Bridgeport is still up on the pedestal. Uh, and so when I saw the news, I'm like, are you kidding me? Right. I'm like, obviously, I'm like, they didn't stay relevant. The, something happened where distribution-wise, yeah. people weren't making that connection. But... And then again, I'm drawn back to when I was 30, coming yeah. here throwing darts. Well, I, mean, we're, we're, I think back to that ramp and the other side of that ramp, and God damn it, I could never hit the 50. <laughs> but my, my brother could hit the 20 all fucking day, and I would get killed. Nice. So can you share with us, you've worked here for, you said... 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. Some of your two or three favorite memories of working here and the experiences and the people and the, just the place. Yeah, sure. Um, well, you know... A lot of the uh, memories would be part of working together with the crew. I mean, uh, some of the just ridiculous stuff that we had to pull off in the brew house sometimes. <laughs> uh, you know, and people, OSHA, people weren't seeing what the heck we were trying to do, you know. <laughs> um, uh, it just makes it really fun. Um, I remember uh, a specific time. Um, what the heck, what are we doing? Oh, I'm, I don't want to ramble here for no, a second. No, you're fine. Yeah. No, ramble, please, man. <laughs> uh, uh, Brewing is science and plumbing, by the way. So, <laughs> yeah. and it's usually hack assery, science and plumbing. Yeah. So. Like for instance, there was a time where one of the brewers, you know, we were dry hopping our uh, uh, kingpin in our conditioning tank, and you know, 
I was doing a, a drop or this it's, that's language for moving a beer from a tank to another tank. Anyway, I look over and this brewer, you know, he's sealing up, you know, he's got the drop going and I'm like, hey, dude, did you, did you put the hops in that tank? And he looks at me, he's like, oh, shit. You know, like, <laughs> stop everything right there. And, you know, then we start moving. We, we had to transfer that beer into another tank and, you know, stuff like that. It was, really, you know, that was a really funny story. Uh, just last night, this is a good, I mean, this is going to be a wonderful yeah. memory, but uh, the carpenter for the for the brewery, you know, he has a shop up top, and like the mechanic Mick Flanagan and myself and uh, Matt Jaitis, one of the brewers, and Greg Knopf, a bunch of servers. The whole crew was up in the shop up there, just telling stories, shedding tears, talking about all the wonderful times we've had together. Guys, guys that have literally like raised this place like a kid, you know, from uh, from the you know their their children were running around this place. Uh, and now they're in college, you know, and these guys were all shedding tears. It, it was a it was a wonderful night. It was a wonderful time, yeah. God dang it. So so give me give me an idea. So a beer that we haven't heard of that you've brewed or maybe Bridgeport's brewed that's unbelievable. Okay. Um, well we what, uh, what's dead right now? Maybe what what well, beer's dead that if if you could go back in your ten years and, and bring it back and it would be a state. Well I would say that's part two. So I want to hear about the most unbelievable beer that Bridgeport's brewed ever. Okay. And then and maybe that we haven't even heard of it, right? And then what's dead? What what could you bring back? Well, we did a uh, we did a triple IPA last fall that uh, some people were saying it was one of the best damn beers we had produced. We've got a, uh, uh, a big stout that we conditioned uh, in port barrel. And the GM of the of the pub was telling us that that was in his top five beers that we've ever put together. Wow! Um, and that that's that's a and that's on right now. well, sadly, uh, like you're saying, it's, I, it's stuck in kegs behind the wall here, and it'll never be seen. Well, we uh, we got <laughs> we got Dave massage Dave to put it on tap, so uh, it, it is available. But it's it's again, it's one of those. It's like a zombie beer, you know. It's just. Good. So, and then if you could bring something back, what would you bring back? Oh boy, because there's been a lot of beers in this history. Yeah. Well, you know, I think I would just have to give the nod to Blue Heron. It yeah. uh, it it deserves it. it it's kind of set the standard, you know. Yeah. Um, again, it's maybe not the most remarkable beer and not the most innovative, but when it comes down to it, it may put smiles on people's face, and that's what it's all about, right? Yeah. To me, it's what blue, are you to, right now? the tiny horse pilsner. Yeah. So the Blue Heron and the IPA to me are the gold standards of Bridgeport. I mean, when I think of Bridgeport, I'm thinking of the IPA. Absolutely. Hence why I'm finishing out with this. The Blue Heron, absolutely. Right? So I saw the bottle that you pulled out yeah. for the guy, and I'm like, crap, dude, this is ridiculous. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's clean. That's nice. Yep, clean and smooth. So what's what's next for you, man? Uh, where, where does a brewer from Bridgeport go at this point? Do you know? Uh, I'm interviewing with Widmer. Good. right now and it, it which has suffered a contracture too right yeah, that's yeah. crazy to watch them it, it, it is it's, it's a little less concerning to me considering who back who they're connected with so, right right, right. Um, I see them are as, you good with that I think mean, when you got into the brew scene right so I'm sure you want to be like small craft I want to have control of my product I want to do like <laughs> I want to like do a bunch of stuff yeah um, and then there's probably an ego side of it too where you're like but I want to be known right so well here's my I kind of got into this or like industry I think maybe a little bit backwards but I started in a small scale with Rock Bottom organization, and right. you know, I was running my own pub in Cleveland, Ohio. And then when I moved out here, I suddenly have a, you know I started a family, and you know things change when you're a family man. Uh, you know, Night insurance and, and uh, reliability <laughs> yeah. and all that stuff. Well, we know that matters a lot more than 
you know, ego and whether or not you're known for making the beer. So, yeah, I, I, you know, a guy like myself is just looking for security and looking for a place to keep making beer and having fun and keep a smile on my face. And, I, you know. I appreciate that, but there's got to be something to be said about standing behind that counter that we saw you in. Oh, yeah. Looking out on the floor, watching people drink your beer. Yeah. Right? Oh. So, there's something satisfying about that where you're like, oh, it's awesome. Back yeah. in the day when it was one large bar and the other half was pizza. And, yeah. and it was like beer on one side, pizza on the yeah. other, and you'd go from one side to the other to throw darts to find a long table. I met more chicks <laughs> that I couldn't talk to because they have no nuts. I mean, no, really, those he, long tables. There's a guy that just came in earlier, uh, and he was tell, sharing a story about Blue Heron, and uh, he, he had a friend, I guess, that lived in England. This is a long time ago, like 96, he was telling me. And there was a story in the paper in England, the International or something, it called the Bridgeport the best brew pub in the entire country. You know, wow. back in the, the tasting. Like before this. they remodeled? Before yeah, they yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 I, I think so. We're blaming this on the remodel, yeah. so yeah. No, 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 but it was cool. It was yep. cool back in the day when it was just rustic. And yep, it was, yep. It, it, so what about, so what happened, how many Gabbath medals do you guys have? At Bridgeport? Yeah. Oh, I think there's... The, the trophy case is right back. Yeah, over there. I mean, there's a bunch, right? It's probably like, yeah. Maybe. So, we're, so we're not talking about a uh, an iconic brewery that was just an iconic brewery with important. We're talking about a Gabbuff recognized. Oh yeah, well, ten, yeah, twenty yeah. different times, gold, right? Gold, so, gold medal IPA a long, right. long time ago, yeah. and uh, kind of set the standard. It did set the standard. Enough, <laughs> interestingly enough, the an IPA that won gold medal almost twenty years ago. It doesn't even fit the style anymore. No, it doesn't. How right. silly is that? And the recipe hasn't changed. <laughs> no. Things haven't changed. Yeah, very little. Well, I mean, yeah. the hops have adjusted a bit, right. but I mean... Boy, that, um, that tastes more like a pale right now. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Well, that just shows you the, kind of the complexity of what's going on in the brewery scene right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this whole introduction of hazy, which wasn't even in the spectrum at that point. Changed. Right. I mean, this milkshake hazy. Yeah, absolutely. I still remember the hop wars <laughs> of the mid-2000s, right. you know, whatever. You know, Hopzar was, you know, the king for a long time. Yes, you know, and that, it was. Uh, that was probably another Actually, I was, the brewery made. That be said, I was going to say, I was pissed every time I bought the combo back, yeah. like, back, and I'm like, God damn it, Hopzar <laughs> in here. <laughs> like, yeah, funny. destroys my palate uh, every day. Yeah, so. it was a destroyer of palates. Yeah, so, sure. good. You know what? Um, again, hats off to Bridgeport. Thank you for taking the time to sit with us and talk about beer. Cheers, gentlemen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah, that's so. great. All right, Bridgeport Brewing with Nick, Gary, and Tim. The end of an era. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> you and Tim both teared up when you walked in there. Yeah, man, there's a lot of good shit that happened in that place. Oh, I'll bet. Yeah. I'll bet. I mean, Debbie, Tim, my buddy Scott that lives in Bend, I mean, we all used to go hang out there. Yeah. Some. And, uh, but I mean, I guess we're part of that reason is we kind of just quit going there. Right. So, but why did we? And I look, look at that, and then reflecting after yesterday's visit, why did we quit going there? Well, look where it's at. Right. To you me, know, location. Location. Right. Yeah. So they almost needed to break off and keep that one, but break off something into the burbs to keep it relevant, make right. a connection, have people come visit the mothership every once in a while, get get more towards the center of town. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, Nick, uh, thanks for the interview, brother. Um, very generous. He gifted us one of the uh, uh, special release Blue Heron, one of the first bottlings of Blue Heron. Yeah. And uh, what was it like eighty nine or eighty six or something yeah, like that? Ridiculous. Yeah. So, 
and right to my beer cellar it went. So and that's where it's going to sit. But, yeah. So yeah, wonderful place, wonderful memories. Nick, good luck over at Widmere. We know you'll do well. Um, friend of the show for sure. And Bridgeport, you're going to be missed, man. I mean, again, we look at you. You were iconic. Helped make the make what brewing and craft brewing is within the city of Portland. And it's too bad you're gone. So. All right, so we uh, slumped our shoulders and sobbed all the way over to our last stop, which was Backwoods Brewing. Right. Um, <coughs> pardon me, get into Backwoods. <laughs> that place was a zoo. And, yeah, it's a gong show. And it was, So I should say that we actually, about 3.20, we look at our watches, and we were midway through the interview with Nick. Yeah. And the interview just went on and on and on, which is exactly what we wanted. Perfect stuff. But 3.40, we get done with the interview and having a pint. I believe we got a second pint there. Yeah, Tim and I had two pints Yeah, because Nick went over and grabbed you guys each a beer. Whatever his favorite was, right? Yeah. So, again, thanks to the beer. Um, And so then we left there with like five minutes to spare to get over to (laughs) Backwoods. So we get over to Backwoods. There's no Zwickel event. It's not a brewing uh, brewery. No. So, but we go inside and it's a shit show. So we're like, all right, F it. Let's run across the street, go see if we can catch the last little deal over at Deschutes, which sits across the street from Backwoods. And we go over there. All the brewers are collected in the brewery. Tim opens up the door. (laughs) Tries to coerce yeah, his way in. Yeah, can we get in? Just like, no, we're, we're done. No, we have a brewing event. We're or we have a brewery. They get out, yeah. essentially. And Tim's like, are you sure? And they're like, no, get out. No, no we're done. <laughs> so back over to Backwoods we go. And um, I on my bucket list is to go over to Carson and check out Backwoods and go to Stevenson and check out the brew scene there. So we go in this Pearl Backwoods. And I don't know, man. Weird feel. Yeah, I think it's. It, I think it's more of just a kind of a hangout. It's a trendy spot, right? Yeah, I mean they've got hard alcohol, they've got beer, they've got you know, food, tables, that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, so sit down. We get a uh, three seats up front. There was actually four there. Um, a guy tried to squeeze in in front of you with his <laughs> girlfriend. Basically, did a kung fu death grip move in his in his mind, and, and I, then, I never did see the girlfriend. No, she was there, but again, I, Tim I, and I were I sitting for at least her. five minutes prior because I think you went to the restroom. Yeah, so. I had to go to the restroom. Yeah, he was not a happy guy. So, anyways, we order flights. Um, pretty, I think we tried everything on the menu. Yeah, I think we got pretty much everything with the the three different flights that we tried. So yeah, well, here's our uh, little uh, interview we did amongst each other, kind of wrapping things up before <laughs> we met these two awesome gals. Um, but here we are. Hi, Jason from the Timbers. We're live from Backwoods. Uh, we are here. They are not doing a Zwickelmania event. Uh, Tim, well, we are in the fucking Backwoods, baby. We are in the backwoods. True pine sitting here. Um, I must say there's a magnet that I buried inside the bathroom uh, that will be there for infamy. Um, there's also a magnet that I managed to put inside the uh, Von Ebert Brewery that will live in infamy. That's number two. So, perfect. Yep. And so, yeah, I put one in Von Ebert. So, it's actually between two I-beams uh, in the brewery. So, we should be good there. 
Um, so I guess this is the wrap-up portion of like of the show here. So we've been zwickling all day. We ended up at Backwoods. Yes. And so what are your general thoughts and observations for the day? I mean, we haven't tried any of the Backwoods beers yet. So, but Gary, what are your thoughts? Backwoods? I don't like it. No, just in general of the day. All right. Oh, the day's been fantastic. We've gotten some just absolutely amazing interviews, gotten probably some access that most people normally don't get, uh, which has been fantastic, and I've loved it. I agree with Gary. The access has been amazing, and the oversaturation is unbelievable. Like, you've got guys that are trying to focus on German beers and... You hit a Bomberg beer, really? Who hits a Bomberg beer and thinks they can sell it? But overall, wow, we live in an amazing beer city. Yeah, we're in a we're in a city that's pretty amazing from a beer perspective. In that, um, I'm looking at I'm looking at the brew board here. So it's Winchester Brown, Ridge Run Stout, Rough It Rye, River Pale Lager, Off Grind IPA, Maple Porter. So so you just look at the diversity that's offered here at back. At the uh, Backcountry Brewing or Backwoods Brewing, right? Backwoods. Right. Um, we went over to Deschutes. Deschutes is a freaking zoo right now. I mean, absolute crazy town. And then um, we came from Von Ebert. We came from Bridgeport. Bridgeport's interesting because they're actually like holding people, not letting them come in. They yet would it's not, not let you come in without a tissue in your hand, so you, in case you cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had a lot of space. Yeah, and, and I love Bridgeport, but the general manager's outside kind of filtering traffic, and it's not busy inside. I mean, there's not a lot of, not a lot of help staff inside. Well, it kind of shows that disconnect between management and the true hands-on what's going on brewer type thing, yeah. right? But, but I cried. Yeah. I, I teared up. Yeah, of course I know. Did. We both did. So yeah. did Jason. Yeah. We cried and we teared I up. I didn't because I've got no history. That was the first we, time I've ever been in there. And we talked to Mills, right? So yeah. Scotty yeah, yeah. was there. So yeah. Um, yeah, so nostalgic, right? I don't know if I'll be there before my birthday on March 10th. So. You want a couple waters, too? Uh, we'll do some water, yeah. yeah. So so I think the I think the deal with Zwickle is that um, when we take a look at Zwickle Mania and everything that it offers, I, some of it's a publicity stunt, right? You're trying to draw people in and introduce them to your brewery. Um, I don't know how much you're getting out of circulation, like introducing people to your beers. I think there may be a little bit of that. Um, and I don't know how much it does from an economic development standpoint for your brewery. But it is a good time because you have unfettered access to But we're the in a shit show, showing a shit show right now, showing yeah, shitty beers yeah, yeah. we're on shitty sites. You know what I think finding is really amazing on this Swicklemania ending is we, go, we look at my sample tray versus your guys' sample trays. You got a lot of light shit there. <laughs> fuck you. What you about guys choose the good ones? We chose you all of sissy. Fuck you. Look at you, you sissy. Who chose the chai? Anybody chose the yeah, chai? Yeah, no, hell no. We still have. We need to get a chai, dude. It's not happening. So Tim, that's on you. You got to get a chai. I, I got a chai. I'm not chai bearing nothing. A vodka chai. A vodka chai. <laughs> oh my lord! All right, guys. So, well, it's hey, been a wonderful day. Let's finish out the sampler platter. Imperial maple porter is fantastic. Yes, it's great, and uh, it's been a wonderful Zwickle experience. So, I look back, and uh, glad Tim you could make it up from Salem. I, I appreciate the opportunity. I hope that 2020 or 2021 isn't like this year, where we celebrate the end of another brewery, where we celebrate the end of. Uh, a memory. Another and next memory? Next is the shoots, or next is whoever it may be. Full yeah. sale. 
Yeah. And, well, and let's we, hope it's not that, though, right? Exactly. And we can hope that it that we find our our main place and what is the beers and what do we what is we love versus what versus what is we new. Yeah, I think the messaging here is like be inventive, be creative, don't be afraid to be yourself, but make a connection with the community, right? So yeah, I think the huge thing is the connection with the community. That that we're seeing a lot of breweries that originally had that and lost it, and now they're disappearing because they didn't keep that connection. Right, I think you're dead on. So. With that, we're going to enjoy our uh, sample platters here at Backwoods Brewing. and uh, I'm going to drink all the Gary's. <laughs> I think you already drank Gary's. A lot of dark beer. A lot of dark so, beer. So uh, with that, uh, happy Zwickelbania, and we will uh, see you guys soon. Take care. Tim, Tim Beers. Uh, well, wow, that, brought, that brought back some stuff right there. <laughs> <laughs> we had a good time. Yeah. Oh, boy, we had a good we. time. Boy, did we. Uh, Definitely showed in that last interview. Yeah. So, uh, some of us more than others. <laughs> we won't name any names. Yeah. Um, but thanks to Tim um, for uh, attending with us. Yes. <laughs> name placement, buddy. Perfect yeah. timing. Perfect timing. Yes. So, uh, yeah, Tim, uh, in Tim style, texts me in the morning and says, Hey, where are you guys going for Zwickle? I'm like, did you like where I'm going on Twitter? So you know that. Yeah. What time are you getting started? 11. Oh, I've got a basketball game. Yeah. That starts at 10 in South Salem. Yeah, dude, not going to happen. Okay, I got approval. I can go. And so I had money saying he wasn't going to show. <laughs> And there he was, met, met up with us. So he did it. Good, uh, good times. I think by all, we had some good beers. And even though the day started off rough for both you and I, I think oh, by the boy, end we yeah. were doing okay. Yeah, yeah, feeling much better by the end of the day. Not so much by the very end of the day. No, but, no. Uh, Something destroyed me at the end of the day. Yeah, don't know what that was, but um, huge shout out to again uh, Ascendant where we started the day, um, and Tyler there. Big, big shout-out to Von Eber Brewing and Sam. I mean, phenomenal time at your brewery. Again, yeah. thanks for the beers there. And then Nick over at Bridgeport, awesome, awesome place. And, uh, again, a place that's going to be missed. We wish you well uh, in your future endeavors with uh, Widmere. So that pretty much wraps up our whole Zwickle tour that we did this weekend. And uh, all in all, I think it was a, a major success. Yeah, huge success. I think we had a fantastic time. So, All right. Well, we are good. Um, we've officially made this uh, the, the first one episode of Season 3. So we are up to Season 3. Ah. And uh, so, woohoo! Fireworks! Yay us! Yay us! Yay! Great! <laughs> so... <laughs> So uh, with that, we will see you in a weekish, and for another new episode of the Portland Tim Beers. Tim Beers.